Praise the Lord. Uh, today we're going to leave different from the way that we came in. I have a word from the Lord today. Amen. Uh, if you were with us the last several, uh, last week, uh, we were talking about what Moses said in uh, Exodus uh, chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 33 and verse 15. Um, he told God, he said, uh, God, God was upset with the children of Israel. And uh, he said, I'm not going to go out with you anymore. I'll send my angel ahead of you, but I won't go out with you. And Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people if your presence does not go with us? What will distinguish us from all the other nations of the world if your presence does not go with us? And, and Moses refused to move un unless the presence of God went with him. He refused to do anything without his presence because he understood over time that that was the distinguishing mark in his life. And that without that presence, he comes down to normal, daily, whatever mundane, routine thing. The presence of God, he recognized as the separating factor for him. Hallelujah. And, and so I think uh, what we were trying to do, especially last week, I think many of us recognize uh, the presence of God. When the Lord, uh, you know, moves among us by his spirit, I think we're quick to identify it. But what we've been doing recently is doing like Moses did. Not just recognizing it, but prioritizing it and valuing it to the point that we hold on and say this stuff right here we're not going without this uh, recognition is good because it comes and we goes and we say that was the presence of god praise god what's for lunch okay but moses was saying no 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 this stuff i'm not leaving without this stuff i'm not going anywhere without this presence amen and so we're we're changing gears a little bit by valuing it because we we, we talked about the big difference for us as new covenant believers is that the, the veil is torn and we now have access into his presence the veil that was torn in the temple when jesus breathed his last that was the one thing that separated people from the presence of god and man did not have that kind of access before and when jesus for those of us who are in christ one of the greatest privileges that we have is not a new car I offended somebody just now, didn't I? I felt that. Hmm? No, it's not a new car. Let me go further. It's not 200 pounds sterling in your sock drawer. I'm going to call Paul. I'm going to call Paul today on that one. <laughs> the great blessing for us as believers is the presence that we could not have access to before. That curtain is open. Ephesians tells us that we who were once far away have now been brought near by the blood of Jesus. The end result is that the presence of God. So, so the difference between the old covenant and the new is that the old covenant, it, had, it was defined by right and wrong. What we do or what we don't do. But the new covenant is defined by in and out. In his presence and out of his presence. Uh, what about right and wrong? in his presence no 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 when we get in his presence right and wrong wrong takes care of itself uh, perspective changes in his presence peace that we could never find in the best psychiatric clinic is found in the presence of god help is found in the presence of god wisdom for any situation is found in the presence of god the burden is lifted in the presence of god hallelujah praise the lord 
But I can testify that the greatest help in, 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 in life, in marriage, in anything, the presence of God makes all the difference. We were fighting on the way to a prayer meeting one day in the car. We're fighting all the way. And there was something, nye, nye, nye. Nye, 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 nye. no, nye, 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 nye. you know how you can get in that. And, and then we, 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 we got, left the car, went into the prayer, and the presence of God, the glory of God is there. Something, atmosphere is just changing. And we're just praising and worshiping. And, and, and then at the end, we get in the car and sat in the same seats, but it's gone. He says, how do you explain that? What psychologist can do that for you? What, what pill can do that for you? The presence of God is, is, is what we all need because that's the stuff we were made from. Praise the Lord. We come from Him. We were talking about that word Yahweh last, last week. The name for God in the Old Testament. The most commonly used name is Yahweh. It literally means breath. God is our breath. We can only go so far without breath. All right? And as air is, for our, is to our lungs, God's presence is to our spirit. We need Him like... And if someone looks like they're doing good without the presence of God, they are faking it. None of us, <laughs> none of us can do anything without, hallelujah, the, uh, uh, Paul said, uh, in him we live, and in him we move, and in him we have our very being. He is everything. He is all that we ever need. But we need him, we need his, his presence, amen? And so Moses kind of understood this. He said, let's not do anything. Stop the program. If you're not going with, uh, with us, eh, the program is over right here. But if your presence is with us, we have the strength to go another day. If your presence will go with us, then we can face any challenge. If your presence goes with us, we're going to make it. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, entering into the presence of God. All right. And it's very simple. It's not as complicated as, as we think. And uh, in, out is important. Actually, if I could uh, give a title to today's message, I will call it In, Out, Up, Down. If you're taking notes. Yeah. In, Out, Up, Down. I thought that was pretty good. You don't seem to agree. That's all right. Thank you. Psalm 100 and verse number four. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For, he, the, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Enter, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We're going to do a deep dive into thanksgiving today because it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is more than acknowledgement of something uh, that you are appreciative of. Thanksgiving is entrance. We enter with thanksgiving, which also means if that we're complaining, we're exiting. So thanksgiving and complaining, it's, the, it's, the, it's directional. It either takes us in to his presence or it has the power to keep us locked away from his presence. I'm not going to talk about complaining because it won't do much for us today. I'm going to talk about thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving this becomes very important if thanksgiving is compromised that means his presence is compromised and if his presence is compromised that means we have our mind instead of his mind 
his, our perspective instead of his perspective. So Thanksgiving becomes very important, but Thanksgiving is a challenge because life is so uncertain. Life is full of ups and downs. That's where I got the ups and downs from my, my message. Life is full of ups and downs. And because life is full of ups and downs, sometimes our Thanksgiving is also limited by whatever it is life is dishing to us this, on this particular day or in this particular season. So typically our human nature is to be grateful when things are good and we complain when things are bad. Uh, and that is very, very uh, dangerous because it will cause us to seem like the presence of God even doesn't exist. All right, But the presence of God does exist, it's just that we have not entered in. The path to the presence of God is thanksgiving, thanksgiving, thanksgiving. All right? Praise the Lord. Since the garden, we've had this problem uh, that our mother Eve and our father Adam introduced us to. All right? And that is desiring the things that we don't have while despising the things that we do have. And as long as that's, that was the, the, the modus operandi for the garden, God had to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden. All right? Which means that it's, it's when we, we need to learn the gift of rejoicing in the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord for the sake of being drawn in as opposed to being drawn out. Paul talks about this very thing. And I think if we take wisdom from Paul, it can help us because Paul uh, learned some things over the course of his life. The Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11, starting in verse 11, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, I am not saying this because I am in need or have, or I have learned to, uh, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. He says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then in my favorite verse, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Thank you, Emma. Hmm? Paul says, I know what it means to be in plenty, and I know what it means to be in lack and be in want. But he said, I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether in plenty or in lack, in abundance or in scarcity. Eh? And I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I think it's a great gift. All right? Because that means that the, 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 it keeps everything in balance. Life is full of ups and downs. All right? But if we are full of contentment, then the, the, the good days will not be deceiving and the bad days will not be deceiving. Whether good or bad, contentment is what drives us because our life is not attached to the things of this earthly realm. Our lives are attached to the faithfulness and the, and the, and the surety, sure promises of God. So Paul found this place called contentment. And because of that, it doesn't matter what season, what situation I find myself in. God is my source. Yeah, he said, I learned to be content. And con therefore, contentment is of great value. Eh? Contentment is of great value because it causes our, con our thanksgiving to be constant. And when our thanksgiving is constant, that means his presence is also constant. Hallelujah. The psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
His praise shall continually be on my mouth. That means whether in abundance or in lack, thanksgiving is not changing. Because thanksgiving is attached to a different source. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So thanksgiving needs to be done right. Now there's three th kinds of thanksgiving that I want to talk about today. All right. There's three kinds of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving number one. Hmm? Thanksgiving number one is when we thank God for what he has done for us. The Bible says there's a story of the ten lepers that were cleansed. One came back and said thank you. Thanksgiving number one. Everybody say Thanksgiving number one. And it's a good Thanksgiving. Jesus was even asking, was not ten people cleansed? How come only one came back to give thanks? It's good to give thanks for what God has done. Thanksgiving number one. Thanksgiving number two is the kind of Thanksgiving that Paul offered up. He says whether uh, in abundance or whether in lack, whether in, 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 in uh, been ha having much or little, my thanksgiving is constant because you are God. All right, That's what we just read about in, in, uh, in, uh, in Philippians. It's the thanksgiving that is the product of contentment because God is more than enough for me. All right, And we thank God for that thanksgiving. But then there's a third thanksgiving and it's a thanksgiving that is a message for somebody today. The third thanksgiving is what I have called a disproportionate thanksgiving. Alright? This is not being thankful for what God has done. It is not being thankful for contentment. This is a disproportionate, crazy, unmerited, foolish thanksgiving. A thanksgiving that does not make any kind of sense. It is beyond it is crazy, it is uh, unexplainable, it is off the scale, it is off the imbalance. It, is a, a, it goes so far beyond thanksgiving number one and number two because it just doesn't make sense. Okay, I'm going to give you three case studies for disproportionate thanksgiving. Number one, they said after three days of teaching, everybody now was hungry. And everybody had followed Jesus to this remote place. There was no food. 5,000 men, not to mention women, children, and pets if they joined them. All right? And Jesus said, do you have anything to eat? And they said, we have nothing except five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus says, no, that's not enough. There's 5,000 hungry people here. Let's shut the program down. It's time to go home told you not to take this road. Who brought us out here this way? Was that you, Peter? You're always going the wrong way, Peter. It doesn't say that. Ooh, hallelujah. Jesus said, how many? How much do we have? Five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, bring them to me. Hallelujah. Said, bring them to me. And then he says in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks. Stop. Hallelujah. 5,000 people. There's a, at least, I don't know, I don't know, not 5,000, but there's a lot of people here. Just imagine 5,000, like we're about to eat. Let's thank God for the food. Everyone bow your heads. I have five loaves of fish right here, five of bread. This is disproportionate thanksgiving. This is the kind of thanksgiving where it doesn't make sense. This is the kind of things, are you serious? I'm sure the disciples were not praying with him. They had their eyes open and were looking at Jesus. Jesus. But 
Jesus paying them no mind. Jesus said, bring the bread. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. He gave thanks. Disproportionate thanksgiving. Disproportionate. Disproportionate thanksgiving is different from contentment thanksgiving. Because disproportionate thanksgiving is crazy. Disproportionate you don't do every day. But you do it for a time when your supply and your demand are so far off that there is no bank that can help you. That there is no loan that can help you. That there is nothing left until like the end of the month and it's over. That's when the complaining is always ripe. God, Jesus turned the program and says, bring that here. Thank you. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. And when he gave thanks, hmm, there's another disproportionate thanksgiving I found in John chapter 11. John chapter 11. It says that Lazarus, Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus and they told him, you know, uh, he, he said when he came to the tomb, he says, roll the stone away. And they said, uh, Jesus, can I talk with you for a minute, please? Yeah, Jesus, he has been dead for four days. Maybe you don't know the scientific and the biological composition of the human body, but Jesus, after four days, it gets pretty bad. The body starts to decompose, starts to smell, and you know, you might embarrass yourself. Jesus, just want to help you, Jesus. Roll the stone away. Thank you for your advice. Roll the stone away, because we're about to get into disproportionate thanksgiving. Verse 41, John chapter 11. So they rolled the stone away. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. It's a disproportionate thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of those who are standing here. These people who are relying on science to raise the dead. Yeah? They brought me here because they want me to pray. But they don't understand that we are dealing with a situation that demands the ingredients of disproportionate thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Disproportionate thanksgiving changes things. Eh? Paul and Silas were locked in prison. Eh? Case study number three. They actually came to this city of Philippi out of obedience. The Lord led them there. They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because they were preaching the gospel, they got beaten, thrown into the inner cells, and locked in there with their chain, uh, hands and feet chained. At midnight, the Bible says, eh? at midnight they began to sing and give praise unto God. And all the prisoners heard them. Hallelujah. Disproportionate thanksgiving. It's a weapon that you need for a rainy day and a disproportionate day. Because sometimes it's not your ac uh, uh, academic achievements that will pull you out of this one. It is not where you come from and what your family genealogy looks like. It's not how many names and titles is behind your name. Sometimes you need to carry, just like you carry your business card, just in case you meet somebody who could take you somewhere. Uh, you need a disproportionate Thanksgiving in your, car, in your pocket for the day that it becomes too much for you to handle. And they were singing praises unto God. And I have news for you today. Hallelujah. That the thanksgiving of the five loaves and two fish, with thanksgiving, it began to multiply and everyone was satisfied with 12 basketfuls left over. I have news for you that after Jesus gave thanks, 
at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus actually, after four days dead, came out of the grave. Hallelujah. And I have news for you today that after Paul and Silas gave a disproportionate thanksgiving in the Philippian jail, that the Bible says that suddenly there was an earthquake. Hallelujah. And the chains of them and all of their prisoners came off. Hallelujah. Today, this message might not be for everyone, but this message is for somebody who is in need of a disproportionate thanksgiving because you are in a disproportionate situation. This is a message for someone who came here on your last rope, where the things have gone from bad to worse, to worse, to worse, to worse. And you were thanksgiving, giving thanksgiving good at the first level thanksgiving for what God has done. And you were even doing good with contentment, but you are in a place where your thanksgiving seems like it doesn't work anymore. This is a word for somebody today who came at their la on their, you are on your last rope today that if God does not show up it looks like it could be over I have news for you God has come with you with a recipe that disproportionate Thanksgiving unexplainable Thanksgiving foolish Thanksgiving a power is released when we praise God when we don't even understand when it looks like God is actually working against us. Hallelujah. Send the thanksgiving in the opposite direction. Hallelujah. I work with people. I'm in the people business. It's funny. People are doing good. And sometimes when I have a meeting or, or people make appointment for counseling, I can see what the problem is. They were doing good with thanksgiving for what God has done. They were doing good for the contentment thanksgiving. But now the wheels have come off the bus. And they don't know what to do, where to go, what comes next. I only have five loaves of fish and a 5,000 people problem and they come for counseling pastor I don't know what to do mm. this word is for you today today I'm going to give you not a counseling session I'm going to give you just a little thing that I read from the scriptures and I have called it disproportionate thanksgiving a crazy thanksgiving he's God anyway thank you father God I don't have much but what I do have, I'm going to thank you. See, when Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, he was reversing the curse of the, of the garden. Where they were desiring what they did not have eh, and, uh, and despising what they did have. Jesus reversed that here because he did not have enough. But he was thanking God for what he did have. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And when he was thanking God for what he did have, God said, that's all I need. That's all the ingredients I need. Uh, a blessing will come through the thanksgiving of contentment but the earth will shake for a disproportionate thanksgiving today you have come to a miracle working God who does miracles and works with disproportionate thanksgiving today we're going to run face to face with the God of abundance the God of supply the God of breakthrough every name that he is in the Bible Jehovah Jireh Rapha Elohim the great I am hallelujah he shows up in the courts of disproportionate thanksgiving his hand is released with disproportionate thanksgiving blessing is released help is released visitation is released with disproportionate thanksgiving hallelujah so today's a message starting with me uh, this is a day for disproportionate thanksgiving may that just let me tell you a story just reminded me there was a lady in our church many years ago uh, her name, I can say this now because the president is dead. Uh, her name was Mrs. Mazignani. She worked at the Zimbabwe embassy back when uh, Uncle Bob was in charge in Zimbabwe. Okay? And, and something went wrong. She came to my office one day. I need an appointment. Pastor, I said, come on in. Hallelujah. What can I do for you? Thank you, Pastor, for this appointment. 
So good to be here with you. <laughs> she didn't even tell me what's wrong. <laughs> After much weeping, we took some Kleenex. So, you know, she started telling me her story. There's problems with our government. Staff has not been paid for seven months. I don't have school fees. I don't have uh, uh, any kind of petrol for my car. I don't know, and I don't know where my <laughs> And you know what? It was so bad. It was so dramatic. I felt for the woman, and I felt myself <laughs> with her. Like I just felt myself sinking. She was taking me somewhere. We were going down together. <laughs> After that, what happened? School fees. Woo! No. <laughs> And I was going, we were, this thing was over. And then the Spirit of God rose up in me. He told me, tell her she forgot who her father is. Ah. So I said, Madam Mazinyani, I believe the Lord is telling you, you forgot who your father is. No, I didn't forget who my father is. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. He just told me, just take it up with him, but you forgot who your father is. No. Pastor Z, God is my father. No, no. He, he's, he, he is your father, but you've forgotten that he's... No, he's my father. Well, if he's your father, is he a good father or a fake father? No, he's a good father. Does he take care of his children? He takes care of his children. Is he, so after a while going back and forth with God as father revelation, my goodness, we started from sinking down to the emptiness of oblivion in the dark depth, Leviathan, Hades. <laughs> God started to lift us up from those pits. Wait a minute, God is my father. God knows what he's doing. God is my help. God can help me. He's always been faithful. He's never left me. He's never... By the end of that session, I was not preaching to her. She was preaching to me. God is my father. Hallelujah. She went out so blessed. And after three weeks or so, I forgot to check on Ms. Mazignani. I said, oh my goodness, this poor lady, I forgot. To, shh, I should call her. Mrs. Mazignani, I'm so sorry. I forgot to follow up with you. How is everything? Are, are you okay? Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Z. God is my father. Oh, praise the Lord. So that means the school fees and the car and the rent and everything. It's okay? No, it's not okay. We don't know where we're going to get our next meal. But God is my father. See, the Bible says, you know, John, he said, May you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. Every prosperity begins with soul prosperity. If God blesses your hand, but he has not blessed your soul, it's a corrupted blessing. It starts from within. She was so blessed. And so we even had to put a little program together to make sure she could feed her family for some season there with our now ministry. Hallelujah, now ministry people. You know who you are. And so we took care of her for a little bit. But uh, every week we would check in after that. How's everything? Oh, pastor, it's gone worse. We're now on eight, nine months, no salary. But God is my father. I will rejoice in the Lord. This is disproportionate thanksgiving. It doesn't make sense. But it's a linked to a truth of a promise of somehow God has not forgotten me. Somehow in the midst of all of this drama, he's still God. And I choose to give him praise. Anyway, five loaves, 5,000 people, doesn't matter. Praise God, I thank you anyway. After, I forget the time, forgive me. Maybe it was a few months after that. Hmm? I didn't call her. She called me, Pastor, I have a testimony. Hallelujah. 
Pastor, God, I said, uh, is everything okay? Pastor, not only is everything okay, all of our, our, our salary has been restored. All of the back pay has been restored. And there was even this extra blessing that came for I am sorry blessing. May the Lord bless us with I am sorry blessing. All right? Not only that, but God wanted to show me that this blessing did not come from Uncle Bob. Somebody else that I didn't expect just blessed me with a ridiculous amount of money just to show that it's God. And not only that, Pastor Z, now I have a new car. I want you to come and bless my new car. And I said, a new car? Okay, so Sunday we came to church, praised the Lord. Then we went to the parking after because I had to go bless this car. And, and uh, we were walking together, me and Mrs. Mazignani like that. And I saw a really nice, beautiful, dark green, shiny, Shandai Rostopo green Mercedes Benz. And I said, look at that. Hallelujah. I kept on walking because I'm looking for Mrs. Mazignani's car, you see. And she had stopped back there. And she said, Pastor. I said, yes. I want you to pray for my car. I said, I know. I'm looking for your car. Let's... And she said, Pastor, this is my new car. I said, this is your new car. Hallelujah. You are my father, too. You are my father. Let's bless this car. You are my father, too. Jesus. He's, a, he's my father, too. We were paying you, helping you to pay for groceries to feed your family. You can stop that payment now. <laughs> Disproportionate thanksgiving. Prospering in our soul. Just giving thanks anyway. Somebody has come here, you're at the end of your rope. You know who you are. It's been rough. Rough, rough. And your praise and thanksgiving has run out of gas. Today I'm filling your thanksgiving tanks tank again. Because God is about to show up and show off. And this is not only for you individually, I believe this word is for the nation as well. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you my, my national, my personal uh, national anthem testimony? Uh, when we did not have a car, you remember the story? Uh, how many of you have heard my car story? Okay, you see, most of you haven't read. So when there was a time when we didn't have a car, we needed a car. We were living in America, you need a car in America. Uh, and there was a time when I was a youth pastor and we would preach and then I would preach fire and preach the glory and then I would ask for a ride after service. Uh, and it's okay if you're single, you can get by, but when you have a family and when you have responsibility, you need a car, it gets heavy. And one day, God put in my heart, hallelujah, that, that there is a, a, a blessing somewhere around here by me, by, it has a name on it and it's called a car for Pastor Z. And I took a plate from the kitchen and I began to drive it around the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there was five loaves of fish and 5,000 need. <laughs> I even stopped at the stop line, stop light. <laughs> and then I, I, I drove, and I'm not like this. I went, <laughs> and you know, it's just making a mess. <laughs> Pretending like it's a car, but it wasn't a car for me. Hallelujah. That's, that's uh, disproportionate thanksgiving. And then I took the plate and I parked it in the kitchen again, put it on the, with the other plates in the cupboard, closed the door, walked out. And while I was gone, someone called, Ainalem called our house. 
And, and my wife picked it up and she said, God put something in my heart. I don't know. Do you guys need a car? Mm. Hallelujah. And my wife said, yes. And she said, hallelujah. I knew God spoke to me. Hallelujah. God told me to give you guys, bless you guys with a car. So this afternoon, let me finish up some paperwork. I'll bring the car to your house. The way my wife accepted or received me that day when I walked in the house, because eh? see, she saw me driving in the morning. That's another message for another day. But just, just to say that, that God was like, on that day, it wasn't even about the car. It's like, look at, look at how God used disproportionate thanksgiving and so fast. And I believe today as we give God an unusual thanksgiving, a thanksgiving that doesn't make sense. A thanksgiving is beyond thanks, that's beyond thanksgiving number one and it's beyond thanksgiving number two. A disproportionate thanksgiving where the supply and demand is so far apart, where the need and the supply is so far that there's nothing that makes sense. Hallelujah. And we praise God like that. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father God. You always hear me. Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, I, I would invite all of you to shift gears in your thanksgiving today. It doesn't make sense, I know, but that's the point. Mm. Uh, on your human level, these things are very disturbing. We need a, a, a medicine from above. We need an anesthesia. We need a direction that is beyond.